but our, our, our lead on pastoral, Pastor James Lucas. Good morning, everybody. Let's, let's take a moment just to, to pray, ask God to bless our time together. Father, thank you so much for your word. And Lord, just thank you, Lord, that you speak to us. And thank you, Lord, that your, your word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, that, that this morning that you would shine a light on our lives, that you would help us to know how to follow you better, that you would work in our hearts. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You can grab your seats. Awesome. What a game last night, eh? Yeah. I just think our guys are so cool under pressure, eh? Unlike me, they are just amazing, eh? And it's such great teamwork. Oh, amazing. But guys, I'm, I'm excited to, to share God's Word with you this morning. And we've been in a series called Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. What an amazing series it's been, eh? And in week one, we, we looked at identifying the enemy. Sometimes we don't even realize that there's an enemy at our table and he's influencing us and he's influencing our thinking. And then in week two, we looked at, at uh, how the battle takes place in our minds and we have the power to change our minds. We can actually control our thoughts. And, and, and that was so helpful. And I think this is something that, that we're going to we're going to do for the rest of our lives. And so this is such an important uh, lesson to learn, to, to learn how to control your thoughts, how to take captive thoughts that are, that are not godly, and how to renew your mind. And so let's practice it, right? And then last week we were reminded that, that because of what Jesus has done for us, we have the victory. So we're, we're starting from a place of victory. We're not starting from zero, when we are united with Jesus, we're actually starting from a place of victory. And we've been looking at the different parts of the armor of God. And I've just been reminded, I've been reminded in this series, which is, which is based in, in Psalm 23, the Good Shepherd, that God has an incredibly amazing plan for each one of our lives. God knows us so well. Bible says we, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, made. He gave you your personality. He gave you your gifts. And the Bible says in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. That's who God is. He knows the plans He has for His people. And He wants us to know Him. And he wants us to live a life of purpose. There's not one person on the planet that God doesn't have good plans for. So I remember just a few years ago, we were, uh, we were staying in uh, uh, Mongu, which is a little rural town in western Zambia. And this one day we were doing an outreach as a church. So we were, uh, we were doing a local outreach. And we were going to the community and, and talk to people. Um, offer to pray for them, and then invite them to church. And this particular day, um, I, was, I was tired, it was hot, and I'd like to say I was full of faith, but I, but I was actually thinking to myself, why are we doing this? Like I just wasn't in it, you know? And 
we went out, though we broke into teams and the teams went out and our youth leader found this guy sitting outside a Shabin. Um, and he spoke to him. He showed him some, some love and invited him to church. And amazingly, this guy turned up at church with his, with his dreadlocks and, uh, he, you know, he would come in his, his soccer kit and um, he heard the word of God and he took hold of it with both hands. And it was quite special. He would, he would bring his whole soccer team to church or he would, he would take us to go and speak to his soccer team. Sorry, my voice. Speak. <laughs> and, and it was amazing. It was just incredible to see what God was doing in this guy's life. And we would, we would go together on outreaches. And on these outreaches, we would speak to, you know, five people, 15 people. And then all of a sudden, we would hear that Maston has organized, that's his name, Maston. He's organized a soccer tournament, and there's hundreds of people. And he's sharing the gospel. And I remember thinking, who is this guy? Can we, can we put up a picture of him? It's just nice to always put a, picture, a face uh, to, to a story. But it's been, I don't know, several years, several years, such a short time. Maston has planted about 38 churches. And, and it's amazing to see what God has done through this guy who was just sitting um, outside of Shabin. God has a plan for each and every person's life. And God's plan for your life is no less important than God's plan for Maston's life. Awesome. So, so God has got a plan for every single person's life. Jesus said in John 10 verse 10, I've come that you may have life and life to the full. And so his life that he offers us is, is a life of purpose, fulfillment, peace, forgiveness. It's a, it's a good life, right? But he also says that, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so, and so the devil wants to rob us of our peace our joy, he wants to rob us of fulfilling our purpose. But we mustn't let him, right? We mustn't let him get a seat at the table. And so today we're going to look at, at having a soft heart and having strong faith in, in God's word. And I believe this is a key way that we actually protect ourselves against the enemy by keeping a soft heart and strong faith in God's word. So Jesus speaks to this in Matthew chapter 4. And uh, you probably heard this parable many times, but, but let's listen to it again this morning. So Mark chapter 4 verse 3 says, Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plant, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a, a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as be, had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears should listen and understand. So, cool. So obviously in those days, they didn't have this, this big machinery. And so the farming was done by hand. 
And the harvest was a big deal. If there was no food, you didn't eat, right? So getting a harvest, getting a good harvest was absolutely essential. And we see that the farmer sows generously because he's, he's wanting a good harvest. And we know that, that God sows seed generously into our lives. He sows seed on good soil, on bad soil, hoping that that seed will take root. But God is generous. Whether your heart is hard, whether your heart is soft, God sows it. Whether you believe, whether you don't believe, God is always sowing His Word. He's always sowing His, His truth and His promises. And in verse 14, Jesus now starts to explain what this, what this farming analogy is all about. So we're going to go through it this morning. It says in verse 14, The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message. I need to have Satan come and take it away at once. Okay, so we see that the enemy, Satan, doesn't want us to have the seed. He doesn't want us to have God's word, God's promises. He doesn't want us to live it out. And he clearly is sneaking around looking for how to, how to steal the seed. So how does he steal the seed? Well, we know that the way he steals the seed is by lying to us. And so we see this in, um, when, he, when he, he speaks to Adam and Eve. What does he say? Did God really say that? Did God really say that? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think that's what he meant. I don't think that's for you. That's what the enemy does. He, he lies to us. It was a footpath. So, so, so they, would walk, they would walk on the path. It would, get, it would get trampled on. It would get hard. And the seed would just bounce off. And sometimes our hearts can be hard. Maybe there's something that's happened. Maybe you feel like your heart has been trampled on. And now... The seed is not, is not getting into your heart. It's not entering into your heart because your heart is hard. And so we end up actually missing out on, on the, the promises that God has for us. We allow the enemy to take a seat at the table. And we know when he takes a seat at the table, he eats all of the food that God's prepared for us. And so we need to make sure that our, that our hearts are soft and uh, we need to keep our hearts soft before God. So, verse 16, it says, The seed on rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. So we're all going to have problems. We're all going to have troubles. We're going to get opposition from others. We're going to get tempted and tested. But, and have you ever been there? Have you ever thought to yourself, is it supposed to be this hard? Like, like surely, like it's, I, I thought it was supposed to just be easy. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. And unfortunately, some people actually walk away from God at that time because they, they, they don't want to serve a God who, who makes life so difficult. But even though we go through difficult times, we need to remind ourselves that God says, I will be with you in those times. We need to trust that He's good, that we can still trust in His promises through those times. And we mustn't exchange the promises and the plans of God for an easy life. Okay. 
So then we see in verse 18, the seed that fell among thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. Isn't that hectic? No fruit is produced. So this is where um, the seed grows, and that's us. We're growing, we're excited, right? But the seed gets choked by weeds, and, and because of the, 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 the weeds overpower the plant, there, there's no space for the, for the seed to flourish. There's no space, space for the plant to grow. And it's the same in our lives. Sometimes we can get so, so, so busy with so many things that there's no space for God's, God's promises to flourish in our lives. Um, it, can, it can be worry. Jesus spoke about the worries of this age. This, the list is, is so long about the things we can worry about, Right? We worry about our kids. Are they, are they making good friends? Um, are they going to, to pass Afrikaans? Okay, I know you guys don't, don't have that problem. Maybe a handful of you. They are. just want to say we do have a prayer team at the end. You can come and just ask God to, to, to take that worry away from you. Um, our health, is everything going to be okay? We worried. Uh, our jobs, will we get a job? Will we be able to pay the bills? And we, and we get distracted by money. If I just had more, uh, all my, my problems would be solved. And I, I do hope we all get more of that. But, but the thing is, it, it doesn't solve all our problems, right? And so the desire for other things, it could be, uh, be things that, that, that we've allowed to become an addiction. could be a substance. could be pornography. It could be, um, sometimes it's good things. Sometimes it's a sport or a hobby, and those are good things. But if they become this obsession in our lives, and, and they, they, they make us so busy that they actually crowd out the promises of God in our hearts, then it's become, it's become a weed. And so we need to find out what those things are that are, that are choking our faith. With God's help, we can, we can actually remove those things. And we can make sure that the seed, that God's promises, has, has space in our hearts to grow. You guys with me this morning? Awesome. So then we have the ideal soil. Jesus says in verse 20, And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Isn't that awesome? So that's God's plan for our lives, to be fruitful. And, you know, they, they say in those times that, that uh, seven to ten times what you had planted was a good harvest. That was a really good harvest. But Jesus says 30, 60, 100. And what he's saying is that God can do so much more than you can imagine if you will allow his promises to take root in your heart. He's got a good plans for our lives. He wants us to know him. He wants us to live a life of purpose. We've got to make sure that we don't allow anything to stop us from living out His plan. We've got to make sure that we have a soft heart and that we have strong faith. So the second thing I want to look at this morning is, is strong faith. And over the past few weeks, we've been looking at the armor of God. It's been so awesome. And this is our protection that God gives us to, to, to resist the attacks of the enemy Remember, the enemy's goal is to steal, to kill, and destroy. But, but God gives us the protection that we need to withstand his attacks. And so last week we heard about the belt of truth. 
the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of readiness. And today we're going to look at the shield of faith. And so I want to read to you from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. It says, therefore, put on God's armor, every piece of God's armor. So, so not one is like less important. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. In addition to all these, I'm, I'm jumping to verse 16 now. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying, pray in the Spirit on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And so in Roman times, this, this shield was such an important part of the armor and, and it, was, it was an important part of protecting their kingdom, their families. Um, and the shield wasn't this, this puny uh, little thing. You know, you lift it up and then they get you on your leg or you, like, you take it down low and then they shoot you in the shoulder. No, it wasn't a puny thing. In fact, they say that it was, it was so large, it was, it was more like a door. That's how big it was. And, and when, you, when you raise the shield, it covered most of your body. They would uh, make it of wood, then they would wrap it in leather. And, and there's a reason why they would do this, but they would, they would soak it in water. The fiery arrows were seriously destructive weapons. The soldiers would wrap the tip of the arrows in cloth and they would dip it in wet tar. Then they would light it and shoot it. And, and when, it, when it hit its target, it would splatter and it would create these fires everywhere. So it was destructive. It wasn't like a little sparkler, you know, the enemy's throwing at us. It, it was destructive. And the, the enemy's arrows can cause destruction in our lives. But what would happen is when you lifted up the shield of faith or the shield... It would extinguish the arrows. It would put the fire out. And Paul says that our faith is a shield that extinguishes the enemy's arrows. So what are some of the arrows that the enemy uses? I'm just going to mention a few arrows that we know that the enemy uses to attack us. And the first one is doubt. He uses doubt. It's a tale as old as time. The first thing that, that the devil said in the Bible, the first thing that he said to Eve was, did God really say? Did God really say that? He wants us to doubt God's word. He wants us to doubt God's promises. He wants us to doubt who God is. He wants us to doubt God's goodness and God's plan, that God's plan is good. And he wants us to doubt who we are. And so he tells us lies about our identity but we need to lift up the shield of faith and say, I am a child of God, deeply loved by Him. He knows my name. He has good plans for my, lives, for my life. And I'm uniquely made in His image with a special purpose. And so we need to hold up the shield of faith when He, when he tries to, to cast doubt on us. The second arrow that he uses is temptation. We're all going to be tempted. Jesus was tempted, but he never sinned. And so temptation itself is not sin. It's how we react to temptation. So you can have a thought that comes into your mind, but it's what you do with that thought that makes it sin. 
And when we, when we face those temptations, we need to remind ourselves that it's an arrow. It's a fiery arrow that's come to harm us and cause destruction. And, and we can put our faith in God's Word and what the Holy Spirit is saying above what that arrow is telling us. Another arrow is deception. He deceives us. And that's what the series is all about, is, is, is knowing when the enemy is trying to deceive us. So you won't believe this, but it happened to me the other day. There's a, a relative I've been praying for, and um, you know, really trusting God that they, that they would follow him. And um, you know, I know that every Christian needs other Christians to come together with and to fellowship with. But this thought came into my mind, not her. She really doesn't like Christians. So I've got to keep Christians away from her. Like, that's what I thought. And I stopped and I thought, that's not from God. And I realized that, that, that I needed to, to reject that thought. And I need to, 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 to take God's truth. That she, um, as a child of God, she needs the other children of God, right? She needs the other family members. She needs God. And I'm totally convinced of that. And that's what I'm, I'm praying for and believing. Amen. So we need to be aware of the, the enemy's deception. And the last arrow is condemnation. The Bible calls the devil the accuser. He wants us to think we failed and there's no way back. But when you hear those voices, just know that it's not God. Because God's voice, even when God corrects us, it always, it always draws us in. It always makes us want to come to God. Never pushes us away. And so when we, when we face condemnation, we can lift the shield of faith. We can say, Romans 8 verse 1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation because we know that God has set us free from that. And he's, he's put us in a place where, where we are totally forgiven, where we are totally free. In Zambia, we had this um, awesome creature on the floodplain and it was called a pangolin. Anyone ever heard of a pangolin? I've, I've got a picture here for you. This thing is so cool, and unfortunately, it's, it's, it's apparently the, the, the number one most trafficked animal in Africa because the shields are, are, are so sought after. But the, the pangolin is covered in these little shields. It's like it's all over. Even the toes have, have little shields. And what happens is, that is, is when, when the pangolin gets attacked, it rolls into a ball, and nothing can penetrate those shields. It's not a snake, not a hyena. Nothing. Unfortunately, we are not pangolins. <laughs> we've, we've only got one shield. It's an awesome shield, and it can distinguish the, the, the fiery arrows of the evil one, but we've only got one shield. But, but you know, the, the shield is designed not to be used alone. The, the shield is designed to be used with others. And so when... I put my shield next to your shield and you put your shield next to somebody else's shield and together we raise our shield, it creates a whole wall of protection. And the enemy can't penetrate that. And I want to encourage us this morning to surround ourselves with other Christians, to, 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 to make sure we're in a place, in a, in a, in a view group, or, or we've got those people that, that, that we're praying with that we're standing with, that, that, that they can help us lift our shield of faith. Just before we, we end 
the series this morning, uh, we're, we're actually going to go to the table this morning. So our, um, everything, okay, is it, is it, um, you should have got that little cup with the, the juice and the, and the uh, wafer. If you, if you don't have it, just raise your hand and someone will bring it to you quickly. But a theme verse in the series has been Psalm chapter 23, verse 5. It says, the good shepherd prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. How awesome is that, huh? That he prepares a table before us. And this table signifies a relationship. What do we do at a table? We, 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 have, uh, we, we have conversation. It signifies a relationship with God. And what an honor. We, we sang this morning about the King of Kings. And I was just thinking, you know, like when a king invites you to the table, that's, that's a pretty big deal, Right? Like going to go eat at the king's table. Imagine, eh, if you, if you got an invitation. But the king of kings has invited you to his table. What an honor that is. And what an incredible thought that even in the battle, even if, we, if we're facing challenges, um, even if we feel like we're under attack and, we, and God still honors us by, by preparing this incredible table for you. And he invites you to come and be with him, to enjoy his presence. And it's a place where you can be refreshed, where you can get perspective, where you can experience peace and friendship with God. And it's a place where you're welcomed and not condemned. And maybe you're here this morning and you're struggling with that. You're feeling like, like you know, the enemy has attacked you and you're not worthy this morning to come to the table of the Lord. But this is a place where you're welcomed and not condemned. This is a table that the king has prepared for you. It's a table for two. And it's a table that, that we get to enjoy as the family of God. Can we pray this morning? I just felt as I was preparing this message, just a simple thought that there may be someone who, who hasn't received that forgiveness from God. And this morning, God just wanted you to know that he, he's died, he's, he's done everything possible so that you can be forgiven and so that you can have a soft heart and you can come to his table this morning. And so I want to pray for you. If, if that's you this morning, you've been feeling condemned maybe, I just want to pray for you that you would come to the table this morning and know that you're forgiven. As our eyes are closed, I just want to invite you, just so I know who I'm praying with. It can be really quick. Just pop your hand up so that I know who I'm praying with this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you, you know that you haven't yet started this relationship with God. You haven't yet come to the table this morning. Thank you. I can see that hand. This morning, you can start a relationship with God. Awesome. So if that's you this morning, you're saying maybe it's the first time or maybe you're just saying, you know what? I just need to know that I'm forgiven this morning. Won't you pray with me? Lord, thank you that you died for me on the cross so that I could be forgiven. And Lord, this morning I receive your forgiveness. And Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that, that you would plant your word inside of me, plant your promises inside of me. 
and that that would begin to grow in my life and that I would step into the plans that you have for me. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. And God, I pray for each one of us, Lord, that, Lord, you would, you would help us, Lord, to have soft hearts, to have strong faith, Lord, to resist the attacks of the enemy. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to step into the amazing plans that you have for us. In Jesus' name. So just while we, while we, while we um, in this time of prayer, uh, Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 says, give me a moment. So you can just, that cup, just, there's a little lip on the cup, just crack the lip, peel back the top. Sorry, I probably could have quoted it, but <laughs> we're almost there. Awesome. So this is Jesus speaking. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, take Take this and eat it, for this is my body. So why don't you take the bread this morning? This is Jesus' body given for you so that you can have life. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood which confirms the covenant between God and His people. It is poured out for a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Mark my words, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So Lord, we just thank you this morning for, for the table that you've prepared for us. And we just come to you this morning and we just worship you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you, God. Take a moment just to thank him. Thank Him for His presence. Thank Him for the table that He's prepared for you. Pray, pray for yourself this morning. And let's trust God that we're going to walk in victory. That we're going to allow His, His seed and His promises to grow in our hearts. That we're going to take up the full armor of God and withstand His attacks. We're going to grow our faith in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Can we just honor?